Welcome to the future of XYZ. I'm your host, Lisa Grelnick, principal and founder of LVG & Co., an independent strategy consultancy based in New York City. Through quick and candid conversations with innovative leaders, we aim to foster new thinking and explore big questions about where we are as a world and where we're going. Hello and welcome to the future of XYZ. Today we have a former classmate of mine from business school, Mark Benori. Mark, thank you for joining us on Future of XYZ. Thank you so much for having me. It is a pleasure. Uh, Mark is going to be speaking about the future of leadership and a topic that uh, perhaps has never been more important than in this current moment. Uh, Mark is qualified to talk about this for a whole bunch of reasons, not least of which he is a partner at Think, which is a school of creative leadership based in Amsterdam in the Netherlands. He is also a member of the expert network at the World Economic Forum, focusing on innovation and leadership. He is a former McKinsey and Accenture consultant. Uh, He's a public speaker and advisory board member, as well as a published author. Uh, And most importantly, he has an MBA from INSEAD, as I do. Uh, He has a master's in system engineering from Delft uh, University of Technology in the Netherlands, as well as a executive certificate in design thinking from Stanford University. Uh, And Mark, like many of uh, the global uh, leadership network uh, in my circles, has lived in multiple countries from Hong Kong and Singapore to France. Uh, Switzerland, and now back in his home city of Amsterdam. So Mark, uh, it's really a pleasure. The first question I'm going to ask on the future leadership is where we are today, right now, in May of 2021, is so very different from where we were even in January of 2020. So if we look back, you know, 18 months, we could not have foreseen where we are. And how are leaders adapting and what are the skills or values or qualities that you're identifying that are most important for leaders today and perhaps tomorrow versus what it was even just a short time ago? That's a great question. And again, thanks for having me. It's a it's a really fun podcast that you run. I, I can't recommend it more. Um, so I'm really honored to be on. Um, I think if we talk about leadership, um, leadership follows long trends and short cycles. I think what you're describing is the short cycle, right? In in just one year, a lot changed. If we look at that year for leadership, the main thing that changed is that we do all of this that you and I are doing now. We're sitting on Zoom um, or on Teams or whatever technology you use, but we're not physically together anymore. That's the main thing that has changed in this short cycle that means that uh, leaders need to learn a couple new skills, uh, some of which are very evident, like indeed managing the technology, managing teams at a distance. Some of them are really hard, like managing the stress that comes with this COVID crisis. Um, Some of them are less obvious, like um, you have to redesign how work works. Um, You don't, you can't see people's hands anymore. So you need to see what else they're doing. So, um, all kinds of skills start to turn a little bit. Now that's the short cycle. Um, in reality, it's, it's very important and not extremely interesting. The long cycle is much more interesting in terms of what has happened in the, in the past decade or so. And I think there what we're seeing is we're just seeing a huge increase in complexity in the world. 
And the COVID crisis is just an example of this, right? Of how unpredictable the world is. Um, historically, we've looked at the world through the lens of almost an engineer. I'm an engineer, right? I love machines. And we've looked at the world and our companies and our organizations through the lens of machines with inputs, outputs, with human resources, efficiency, effectiveness. Um, we talk about winning, um, all kinds of things that are quite technocratic in a sense. Um, and I mean, that analogy kind of assumes that these big complex systems that you can understand them, that you can break them apart into subcomponents that if you have smart enough folks around, you can understand them and, and manage them. It's also a word there, right? Managing something. Managing. If you think about the, the past couple of decades, I think we're more and more, and the COVID crisis again is a great example, learning that the world is actually not built around that analogy. As a matter of fact, it looks much more like a rainforest where if you re remove a species in one corner, another species in another corner kind of dies and you don't know why, because there's these weird feedback loops going on and there's these systems that you can't really see. Um, and that, while the, the, the machine analogy has served us really well uh, in the past, I mean, it gave us um, specialization of labor, it gave us factorization, it gave us uh, standard outputs, it gave us lean and six sigma and all these cool things. Yeah. But at the same time, we're really running at the limits of what those tools can do for us. And that requires completely new leadership. Yeah. Well, it's fascinating. I actually, I, I want to talk about like the interconnectedness of everything because I've always gone into organizations as a kind of change agent, right? It's create a strategy from nothing, figure out how you're moving from here to there and then operationalize it. And I remember the biggest change management initiative I ever took on was at Adidas. And I remember saying at some point, like, you know, you had a 500, you know, row spreadsheet of all the things that had to happen to make this thing change. And I remember going, I just don't want to lift up any more rocks. Like every time I lift up like the tiniest little rock, they're like a thousand critters that skitter away, you know, that you then have to deal with because everything is built upon everything else. And so that interconnectedness and the complexity, you know, I think some of these tools, the, the machinery or the machinization of the, the leadership model of corporate, I think is has led us to efficiency to your word. And today, in order to be willing to rebuild, you have to lift up those rocks and then you have to address the challenges and, and you can't just solve that with process, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think it, it requires such a different, I mean, even the, I mean, you mentioned like, this is A, that's B, and this is how we're going to get there. I think the best you can do nowadays is say, that's the general direction we're running in. And this is the first step we're going to take. And then we're going to look at what happens. Um, we're going to see what species dies on the other side of the rainforest, right? We're going to see what emerges. Um, and yeah, that's then all of a sudden, if you truly believe that that's how a large portion of the world works, then your leadership style has to adapt. Then you can't assume that people are robots and you just have to instruct them really, really well, because every instruction you give is bound to be wrong. And that might not be true for all of the world. Maybe if people are picking packages out of a warehouse, it's actually very efficient. I don't know. 
Um, but that, that speaks to a certain, I mean, what you're talking about here is moving from the machinery mind, right, of an engineering mind, although that's all still relevant and necessary for, for operating a business, but into something that's more humanistic and maybe elemental, which is about empathy and what you were just talking about, humility. I mean, that is not a word that's often associated with leaders, right, or at least managers, which is like, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong but let's try it and see. So how does that, is that where we're going in the future of leadership? I sure hope so. Uh, <laughs> doesn't mean we're gonna end up there. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, the, a bit of humility is really, really helpful. Now, people might say, hey, we're in this COVID crisis and there it wasn't actually that helpful. There actually, we needed really strong leaders. And I would say, yes, you're right. In certain, particularly certain parts of the COVID crisis, in the early stages of something where it's not just complex, but it's chaotic. You don't know what's going to happen. Then you need strong leaders to just say, run this way and we'll figure out later. Yeah, um, clear guidance. Yeah, those are niche circumstances. Happen doesn't happen that often. For the, for the majority of of things, I think indeed we need these leaders that are a little bit more humble and are more about uh, emergence, about looking at what what happens, are more about giving responsibility to other places, uh, to other people. Uh, might also, and I say other places because it might be outside of their system of control, outside of their company. It's more about yeah. collaboration. And, and that's a big word too, is collaboration. I mean, I think if, you know, one of the things I think that we, you know, we get to in terms of like solving some of the world's biggest problems, which is increasingly what many of us have come to believe is the role of business in collaboration, obviously with the public sector. Um, but really it's it, this collaborative model, which is not an extractive take model of my profits alone. It is, uh, you know, all rising tides lift all ships. Um, how do you teach that kind of leadership? Hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because one of the things that we see in research is that there's certain people who are really better at that, really better at managing those complex system-like problems. For example, transformations, big company transformations. If you look at the individuals who lead that and you start measuring, then they are completely different. Mm -hmm. And I would argue they're different on an operating system level. And I'll explain it a little bit more. So if you think about your phone or your computer, you can download data, you can install apps, and you can uh, upgrade the operating system. Um, if we think about ourselves, we can download data. That's just stuffing more information in your head. We can read, we can listen to this great podcast, or we can watch a movie or whatever it is. Um, the next level of importance, which is a lot harder, is building new skills. Um, and we all know how difficult it is to learn how to ski or to learn how to weld or to learn how to um, code something in Excel. Um, and that takes more time. And there's the, then there's the next level, which is upgrading your operating system. And here you got to think about some people just look at the world in a different way. Some people just take in the same signals and they have a different output. Uh, now you and I and 75% of all adults 
um, or 90% of all adults have gone already to through two of those operating system upgrades at least. <laughs> One was from when we were a baby, when we thought we were the world and everything that came into our field of vision was this magical thing that was kind of us. And when it wasn't there, it didn't exist anymore. Um, we went to this moment where we said, oh, these are objects I can interact with. And by that time, still, our emotions were subject to us. We were hungry and we just took the sandwich of our brother, right? <laughs> or we were angry and we just hit the classmate. Um, until we became what we then call socialized. Mm. Uh, is like when you, when you go into your high teens, um, early 20s, you come into the world and you can postpone your own needs for the benefits of the tribe, whether it's your company or whatever. I mean, you and I, most of the time, we wouldn't anymore steal the sandwich of our brother or just hit somebody because we're angry. Uh, no, not usually. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but some people continue to have those upgrades. And you can kind of see it that some people are able, I mean, if you're at that socialized level, then people are still, um, all of a sudden they can postpone their needs, as I said, but what's still subject is, um, what they still find hard to see is that they integrate the needs of the tribe almost as an operating system. So they look at the people around them and they look at them for clues of how to work, how to operate. Um, and we recognize that in ourselves as well, right? Checking whether you're doing the right, right thing. Um, and at that level, you start almost living and breathing the norms and values and strategies of that tribe, whether it's your company or your family or your village or whatever it is. Absolutely. Some people break through that and they start to chart their own pattern, their own path. Um, and these are the effective change makers and entrepreneurs that we know. People like, I don't know, maybe Elon Musk, who bounces through and says, you know what? Screw it. You might think this is not possible. I think it is possible. Or a person like Steve Jobs, maybe not necessarily in the nicest way, not in the most painless way. Uh, Without they, humility. <laughs> there's not that much humility there. No, um, no. not always. Some are. Yeah. But that aggressiveness to chart your own path, it's a new operating system. All of a sudden, you can download your own values. Mm -hmm. And then there's some people who upgrade again and who start doing that at a much more subtle level. And then you get um, maybe people like Mandela. It's always hard to judge from the outside who's in which operating system, but who make change happen, but also understand that not everybody's there yet that black only exists because white exists, right? Rather than just saying, oh, there's grayscales. Um, people are much more nuanced. So there's these different operating systems. And if you start measuring effectiveness in managing complexity, then people who are at these higher systems are two to nine times more effective. Wow. So what we're trying to do is to help people upgrade. Their, leader, their leadership capacity is really what you're talking about, right? It's, that's pretty amazing. So uh, like the, the, we talk, you're talking about operating systems and what you're really talking about is this combination of skill sets that goes beyond management into leadership because leadership is not just corporate, of course. It's, it can be governmental, as you said, community, village, family, friends, whatever, volunteer work. 
you have leadership and what you're talking about is these operating models or operating systems that you keep adding skills. So you're providing information, you're upgrading the skill, then you're upgrading the entire system and taking it to another level. And then you kind of keep repeating. And so you're, you're talking about taking people on a curve of this. Is that a fair summary? Yeah, which is not always easy, right? I mean, if you upgrade your operating system, your phone is going to be down for an hour or two. Um, so, I mean, the same happens for our participants. It's not by, by any means easy and it might not always be fun. So you go a bit through a U where you get worse and then you get better. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, you can get two to nine times more effective. Um, and then, I mean, you asked earlier, like, how do you get there? And there's many different ways and strategies to employ, but um, by no means is it an easy ride of just consuming information. It's about going through experiences that force you to change. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because, I mean, there's no adult learning without pain. Um, I'm not saying physical harm, but... No. Uh, it's, it's, it can't be easy. It's humbling. I mean, it comes back to, I keep, I, I don't know why this word, maybe it's my own, my own interpretation of what leaders do, good, effective leaders do, but there is a humility. There is a, there is a, the willingness to be humbled by your own, right? Systems upgrade, like to take a couple steps backwards in order to be able to reset. That was, you know, at Adidas, to go back to that example, the flipping over of rocks, you know, it was humbling to recognize how many things needed to be changed and how incapable I as one person, even though it was my job, was to do them. You needed, you know, kind of the broader universe and the expertise and the cross-functional collaboration and, and, and the cross-geographic inputs, et cetera, in order to be able to do it. Um, and that is, that is always humbling. So I think perhaps you know, I don't mean to push my own agenda, but it just keeps coming up as you're speaking. Humility of being humbled, that's a key part of leadership. Yeah, I think, I think it is. It's, I mean, a key part of leadership is learning new things, is listening. And you can only do that when you're humble enough. Now, you, you got to balance that with also being proactive enough. So um, it's always, there's always these polarities, but um yeah, um, and, and there's exceptions, as I said, when there's complete chaos, don't be too humble, just shout. I mean, if there's a fire, shout that everybody has to run, right? Yeah. And so, <laughs> the rest of the time, that humility is something, and it's also something that we see lacking a lot. So I think that's also why it comes back, is that yeah. our, our view of leadership has, for a large portion, been formed by this image of the Lion King, right? Um, at the the alpha male um, mm -hmm. and that doesn't always square with humility um, so absolutely it's, it's seen as it's, it's the opposite of weakness humility can be seen as historically has been perceived as weakness right it's very yeah. interesting absolutely and and that made sense um, and there were times when that made sense but I think where we are today if you want to operate in a system the humility to truly understand that you don't know uh, i mean in in there's a lot of people who can now explain to you and me why baby shark became such a hit right um so in hindsight it seems like you can explain it but there's nobody who has a magic formula to get to it no um, so so 
in hindsight, it always seems that you have a good expert or very often seems that you have a good explanation. But actually, in reality, the connection between cause and effect is distance in place and time. And therefore, um, you have to be a bit humble about how your action results in, um, in some kind of output. I, I like that as a mathematical equation because it's true. Distance and time, and, and often you don't, to the baby shark example, you don't know really the outcomes until hindsight. I mean, that's the expression, hindsight's 2020. And a good leader can take the steps along the path knowing that they are just steps along a path and cumulatively they will add up to something, but you won't know it in the, until the future. Yeah. Yeah. And as long as you do that with, and that's what we try and do is, is help people shape a vision of a future that's clear enough and exciting enough that people can run towards it, make small steps, do that in an agile way and do it in a in a way that also adheres to some kind of values that make sense, right? And, and again, that doesn't have to be religious. I have a, a CEO that I really like who says, well, at least three out of, or about three out of five of your decisions need to be in line with values uh, or with, your, with the way you wanna do things. If it's five out of five, it's religion. <laughs> or he says four out of five, by the way. Five out of five is religion. Three out of five is only half. So four out of five, that's kind of where you want to be. <laughs> I like that. I, it's, it's, I, it's someone who talks a lot about values-led decision-making, you know, uh, and, and, and brand building. It's, uh, I, I like that. I'll, I'll, I'll be reflective on that. So as we wrap up, Mark, I mean, I think if you could just leave, you know, listeners and viewers with a couple of ideas of what the future of leadership truly means and might look like from your perspective, that'd be great. Yeah, I think, so I think there's probably three, three ideas here. One is this notion of the shift from the analogy of a machine to the shift of an analogy, the analogy of a, something that's more nature-based, um, that's less, under, less easy to understand. The second thing is um, this notion that it's less about downloading information, it's less about building new skills, it's really about improving this operating system. And then if you want to do that, if you want to embark in, on this journey, there's a couple of things that work. It works to, be to become really good at listening, at asking questions, to become better at seeing patterns, which requires a bit more mindfulness. So um, listening and asking questions are real skills you can build. You can get better at it over decades, um, despite the fact of how simple these skills seem to be because we have ears. Um, <laughs> we don't always use them well. Um, but yeah, mindfulness is this other thing. And I mean, there's many ways of doing it. Some people run, some people meditate, some people have a religious practice, whatever works for them, but finding a way to calm yourself in that storm and being able to take distance and see the patterns um, that emerge again um, and take enough time to envision this future that is that, that can be compelling and interesting enough to nudge people towards. I think those are the three levels of ideas that, that I think are most important for me. I love that. And I, and I, I think I'm going to 
just wrap all of that's important, but that idea of building a future that is compelling enough that people want to run towards uh, and, and, and iterate towards, I, I think is just wonderful. So the future of leadership is also the future of setting the right future vision. Absolutely. And, and hopefully that's a one that's better for all of us and the little spaceship earth that we live on. Absolutely. Well, Mark, as always, it is such a pleasure. Thank you for joining me on Future of XYZ today to talk about the future of leadership uh, and for all the insights that you, you have shared. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so much for having me. And everyone who's watching, if you don't already subscribe, please do so on YouTube or Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, wherever you get your podcasts. And be sure to follow us also on Future of XYZ on Instagram. Thanks, and we'll see you again next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Future of XYZ. If you like what you've been hearing, please follow Lisa Grelnick on LinkedIn. Visit future-of.xyz or subscribe to the Future of XYZ podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.